Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another great episode of KT Takes. I'm your girl, Kim. And I'm Tay. I got it right this time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you guys, we have a lot to discuss, so we're hoping that you keep an open mind and love in your heart as you listen to today's tough, tough subject. Yeah. Yeah, before we get in, we just want to highlight a few prayer requests slash current events that are super relevant to, I guess, our topic today. Uh, The first one is we have the mothers out here in America who need baby formula and it's almost near impossible to find it yeah i walked into a walgreens and the shelves are just empty empty. and i'm like okay i remember when walmart used to be busting respectfully with baby aisle full of formula Mm -hmm. and now you walk in and it's like crickets yeah you know and then we had leaders in government i think it was 192 uh, Republicans. I don't remember the number, but That's I think shameful. basically it was just blocked. Um, they voted against pretty much get, giving money, I think it was, to help the, uh, yeah, the aid shortage. Yeah, aid the for the baby sh- formula yeah. shortage. And it's like, okay, we just walked out of Mother's Day weekend with yeah. the possibility of Roe versus Wade being overturned. overturned. So now women are going to have to have these babies. Then on top of that, we don't have... By the way, you can't feed your kid. And, and you know, that's so heartbreaking mm-hmm. to have this child that you are having a hard time getting resources for, providing for. Yeah. And then even people who have the resources can't find the formula. It's like, what, what, what is someone to do? Mm-hmm. It's a very hard spot to be in. And it's like yeah. so slap in the it. face after slap in the face. But we're going to pray. Absolutely. Keep those families in prayer. Definitely. And that government, like people in government, their hearts will be softened towards the people's plight. Because I thought we were a government for the people by the people. But Yo, it's the harsh mm-hmm. reality of the world that we live in. I, guys, I know you guys are used to us being so upbeat for this podcast. Yeah, but it's like this. This this one is a, a very difficult. Um, this is a difficult week for the both of us. So the our second prayer request that we have out is definitely for the family, friends, and community in Buffalo, New York, uh, around the grocery store that was attacked by a white supremacist i'm not i can't hold back like yeah Kim, like it's literally it's i i, I there there yeah. is no other word for it there is no sugar coating it this person was clearly a white supremacist and and for all of those who are, you know, going to immediately say, oh, well, he was just one crazy person. The, um, the, the prosecutor's office, I believe they've taken the possibility of a crazy plea off of the table. So he, um, they're, they're not going to 
consider that consider that in, in terms of his charges yeah which is a good thing i mean it, it's fine it, it's crazy to me that in or in this country someone can be a mass murderer and everyone is not everyone but people are very quick to say to find an excuse for them mm-hmm. when someone can be condemned for taking cigarillos or having a toy gun in the park or sleeping in their grandmother's apartment mm-hmm. or being outside of their grandmother's apartment on the phone in their yard yeah, <laughs> or sitting on their couch eating ice cream. You see where I'm going here? Like There are way too many examples of people of color in this country Mostly unarmed in these instances. Yes. Being murdered for much less. Much, much less. And I think the thing that we all have to recognize, and for those who are quick to say, you know, this isn't a Christian topic, or this person was just some crazy person, or stop reading anything into it. We all have to look at and examine why it is that one person's life is not considered of any importance so that if something happens to them and they are injured hurt assaulted murdered that they are not worthy of finding justice Mm, that's so deep and for those of you who listen to this podcast like this episode in particular if you feel offended by us sharing our experiences and our thoughts as black Christians in America, there's a quote that Kim reposted on. <laughs> she reposted it, and I thought it was just an awesome summary of what I've experienced, even with friends. Like, I'll be honest. So the quote is by Thomas Merton, and it says, When I criticize a system, they think I criticize them. And that is, of course, because they fully accept the system and identify themselves with it. Yes. And I face that, like... Just spoiler alert, if you couldn't tell, the topic of this episode is racism in America. Yes. And we will be addressing it from a Christian perspective, but also bear in mind that we are melanated Christians. <laughs> we are both black And women. with that comes our experiences yes. here in America. And I've noticed like when I talk about these things to my peers who are not black, it's like they feel attacked mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm not even talking about you friend <laughs> I'm right. talking about the system so what this quote by Merton was saying is like basically if you people react this way because they've their identity is a system like their whole identity who they are is so deeply ingrained Ingrain, in a system yes. that is so flawed very much built on the on the backs of people like us yes So when we come up and say, when we try to stand up and say, hey, this is not right. I'm human. Yeah. And you feel attacked because I just said I'm human and I don't like what you're doing. Then you need a heart check. Exactly. Like I was watching a dark documentary and it's part of the reason why I even put up that post. Yeah. I was watching a documentary on how and when a lot of these uh, monuments to the Confederacy went up, you know, and... What they were saying was that um, 
in as part of the inaugural the installment of the statue what they would do is they would have these huge com- commemoration ceremonies where they'd always choose little children from the community to like march with the colors of the confederate flag and dressed in a certain costume for like the i think it was i I don't know how many states joined the confederacy but it was whatever number of states were in the confederacy and they'd form the the cross of stars to form the flag so there was so much pomp and circumstance around this so it got me to thinking Part of the reason why so many people are like, no, this is part of my history. They probably have pictures in their home of them as little children in these parades Mm -hmm. and at these dedication ceremonies. They probably have fond feelings and memories of eating popcorn and everybody came out and everybody was smiling and hugging each other. And they see that with love, but they don't they they can't fathom or understand the other side of that yeah if you have a group of people a group of gangsters like a group of mafia members mm-hmm. if you're in the mafia it's going to feel like love and family family mm-hmm. but if you are a law enforcement officer trying to get rid of them if you're a person that happens to be in their way for some reason guess what it's not so sweet mm. and that that point is what a lot of people are missing they see it for their own heritage but they forget okay but what's your heritage built on they can't answer that question or they refuse to answer it because they they know the truth okay i was on twitter today before we started recording and some politician i can't even say her name because it just irks me (laughs) but anyway start with an m (laughs) Take a while to guess. But, <laughs> <Joking>. <laughs> but yeah. Um, what do you call it? She said something on Twitter. So basically, I guess there's these schools somewhere in America. They're gonna start they're gonna rename them after Confederate heroes, whatever those are. <sighs> and she was like, Yeah, keeping our history, like we need to keep our history, our heritage or something like that. And I'm like, pause, wait a minute, because Aren't these the same groups of people banning books about my history? Yeah. They don't want to talk about the real history. They want it to be their converted history because... Whitewashed history. Whitewashed history. That's the word for it. It's like, you all lost. And tell me in which other country and which other time period did the losers get to erect statues of themselves and change academic curriculum to say that what they were fighting for wasn't what they specifically and documented that they were fighting for. Listen, like, like I'm over it. To be Like, it's so angry. I mean, I want to be over it too, but I can't because it's reality. I'll be over it when Jesus <laughs> rolls back to clouds and says, y'all, let's ride and we leave. But like at that point, that's when I'll be over it. But like until then, like I'm going to be fighting for it, especially as Christians. Like if you are looking and you see an injustice, it shouldn't your reaction be like, Jesus saw the injustice of sin in my life. Mm-hmm. And came down to earth to reconcile my soul so I can be in holy communion with him again. 
And if I, as a Christian, I'm saved, sanctified, or in the process of sanctification, my mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> and then, <clears throat> excuse me. And then I have the audacity to look at people who are suffering and then, like, just not even have any remorse care. in my heart to even yeah. care and be like, I need to help you. I don't even care, like, what background you are. Like, I, in my heart, like, I know I was saved mm-hmm. from something so dark. And this person in front of me is experiencing the effects of something so dark. And I can't even open my heart to help them. I can't even acknowledge, like, hey, I didn't do this. But my ancestors might have done this. But I want to be better than them and help you. Yeah. If you can't do that, another heart check for you. It's, it's, it, and, and that's definitely the thing. I like how you said heart check. Because that, that's really what it is. You need to, to look at your heart and why it is that you are unable to bring up any amount of empathy, sympathy, what have you for a fellow human being that you know Jesus loves. Like, again, we were talking before the podcast, there's a example, I think it was on TikTok, right? Mm -hmm. The video that went viral was of um, two white women were... uh, talking to one black woman. I think she was a professor. And so they were asking questions about racism. And they they were like, can you please just explain to us um, all of the anger and all of the hurt behind all of this? We just really want to understand. And you could see that the question itself just hearing it took a measure of patience from the black woman. Mm-hmm. She just had to s- sit there and just breathe for a moment before she talked. And then she said one of the most poignant things in this topic that I think I've ever heard. Specifically, and I'm paraphrasing, but for it, it's, it's ridiculous Or it it should be, um, it's very telling that a human being has to ask another human being why seeing a video of someone being murdered or hearing about children being discriminated against, hearing about people being told that they're not welcome in a place simply because of the color of their skin or hearing about a child being attacked and being told that they stole someone's phone when the person had simply misplaced their phone. Even having to tell you that you should be upset means that you have disqualified the humanity of the subject Mm -hmm. in that story. You have completely overlooked the fact that this is a person who had innate worth and value to the moving forward of the human race. Literally someone made in the image of God. Right. Someone, okay, for those of you who don't know what that phrase means, I will break it down for you based on like my personal research. So basically what I've come to understand that phrase to mean is God, number one, he doesn't look like us. (laughs) He doesn't look like me. He doesn't look like Kim. But we have these characteristics, these, um, I 
think there's another word for it. I'm just going to call it characteristics of God that attributes. Oh, my goodness. Attributes. These attributes yeah. that God <laughs> has put in us that we reflect into the world. And when people look back, mm-hmm. their number one thing should be to give glory to God. But, you know, sin came into the world and caused, like, a lot of mess. But mm-hmm. that's what image of God means. Like, God, I'm an image bearer. Like, I reflect attributes that I share with God um, and, and mm-hmm. they point back to him and if I cannot look at another human being and see and just see that mm-hmm. that, that as a believer as a believer exactly, we are yeah. like little lights <laughs> of a big light and you can't even see that in yourself and see the humanity in each of us like yeah. it's hard you know and like even back to what you said um that you even have to, why do we have to explain why you should be upset? Yeah. That another human was hurt or harmed in a very unjust way. All for hate. All yeah. for hate. And I remember when, back in 2020, 2020 was like two years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness. When George Floyd was literally mur- murdered. I don't know if assassinated is right. Word, but yeah, well, he was murdered by police. Yeah. They, kn- they knelt on his neck. And then stood by and watched That's it happen. That's a horrible way to die. I when I posted about it on on Instagram, I heard some of people I consider friends say, "Well, you know what? He was a like something about drugs. Like he was involved in drugs or something. He had something in his system. Like that." Discounts. I'm like, "What does that have to do with anything?" In the moment right. of him being knelt on, exactly. calling out for his mother. If you look at that and your first reaction is, mm, "He's a druggie." You should ask them how they feel about all those people who are addicted to fentanyl in the Midwest. Oh, but <laughs> or, you guys are very quiet or, about or that. Or any other opioid. Or your cousin. Yeah. Who, who, who smokes? Who snorts? Do they deserve Literally, to die? do they deserve to die all because they do that? And if you say something else, if you say that about like any other horrific tragedy that have brought Americans together, people would look at you sideways. Yeah. Like, huh, why should I care about those people in 9-11? No, like, literally. Like, some of them crazy. were thieves, probably. Why yeah. should I care? And if I ever said that, oh, my gosh. Like, they yeah. probably kicked me out of America. <laughs> like, you <laughs> might deport me. Yeah. Even though I'm from here. But that's not how we feel, guys. Yeah, that's Every not how we feel. Precious. Every single It's life. just, it's... Just the, the absurdity of it all. Like, you see what I mean? It's so absurd. It, it, it's seriously disheartening. Um... When people try to find a reason, it's like, why is it so important for you to find a justification for why for he's an injustice? That's that's the crazy thing to me. So uh, I'm not sure if you know, but recently um, some news came out about the the Louisville Police Department. And that even the one of the officers who shot Breonna Taylor, he had been, I mean, there had been cases filed against him for misconduct for over a decade that were just not being addressed, were being pushed under the rug. And so you have this issue where if you are 
I, I, this is a saying I came up with. Mm-hmm. If you are over-policing one portion of the community, then you're under-policing another portion. Because there's only a certain amount of... It, it's a fixed resource. The mm-hmm. time and people available to investigate something, that's a, a fixed resource, right? Mm-hmm. So when they are going above and beyond to create... Um, to create search warrants and all of these other things for people that aren't actually doing anything wrong, you have to also realize, hey, the part of the police department, that this is what they, they said in the documentary, part of the police department, they had been basically stealing money hand over fist. I mean, there was even a, a tale of one barber who was going to, he had his life savings that he was taking to the bank to, to, put, to, to open an account. And an officer walked up to him, saw that he had money in his car, and immediately started to figure out ways that he could get the money. And so he claimed to detain the man, but couldn't tell the man why he was being detained. Also, he was running through scenarios of how to plant um, illegal substances on the man. Uh, because the man had over $25,000. He was a barber. His he cut life hair. savings, His life sa- He saved so long for that money. And boom, what happened? What, even when they were writing in the statement um, of all the things that they p- picked up on the crime scene, instead of saying 25000 he said 14000 so all the rest of that money is just gone. Nobody's willing to investigate what happened to it, even though that police officer had like in his body on his body cam, he had said something about $25,000 that day. But they threw all of that out and was just like, okay, well, it's just your loss. And so that has been happening. So there's so much money and corruption. And it's like, I know there are people that, are saying, well, there are all these issues and this is a fallen world. Like there's a one Reddit post that we have here. Um, someone says, my Christian perspective on racism. With everything going on, the protests, the riots, and all the sins going on in the world is often can be seen as depressing. Personally, I've lost friends because of opposing views on these modern day issues, which first of all, uh, Racism is not a modern day issue. It's it's a construct that they created. Like, I want to say six hundred, seven hundred years ago. Know. Like, but it's not modern. It's been happening. And the, ooh, let me continue. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're, we're we're not dissecting this. I'm just bringing this up anecdotally. Okay. Yes. Okay. Sorry, but I stand by my conviction. Yes, racism is bad. Yes, police brutality shouldn't happen, but they're not the main issue. So this person is immediately looking like, oh, racism isn't the main issue. And that's the whole reason why I brought it up. Mm-hmm. Um, sin can, has caused this world to fall into evil. And as Christians, I think that we should focus on that. So this... Th- that's the point that I wanted to bring up in this whole post. Do you see that he has now separated sin from racism? 
as two separate topics to be handled. Is this why they don't talk about it in church? Bro, this is why they don't talk about it in some churches. Yeah. Because shout out to the churches that are are addressing this and are yes. actually doing work to Eyes live out the faith. Because thank of you. The truth. Yeah. I know you care about people like us. Yes. Thank you. Like for actually seeing us as image bearers. As your brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes. Whole humans. Because this it's it's really sad. I mean, not to say that, oh, because you have a certain level of education or a certain economic status that you should be free of certain things, but it's truly disheartening that all the messaging that we got as kids going forward was, oh, well, as long as you go and get your education, as long as you're a productive member of society, you know, we're all equal, nobody's going to look at you um, for any racism reasons, that was all back in the old days, that's the, me- that's the messaging that they were trying to throw on us, brainwash, brainwash <laughs> us with, in terms of just the media, anytime yeah. you walked out of your front door in real life, you got a stark um, reminder, so, but really, like, the images and everything that we were being taught in schools was saying, as long as you do all of this. And so to have done all of that now, got a postgraduate degree in a lucrative career, doing what, quote, unquote, the you're American supposed to dream. do, the American dream, but then at the same time, I'm literally scared to leave my apartment. I'm literally scared to to leave my apartment. I will sometimes sit... Like, I converted my closet into an office. (laughs) Whoa, that is so so cool. I'm not only, like, locked up in my apartment. I'm locked up in my closet in my apartment. Like (laughs) Double protection. They know what to get to you. (laughs) Right. Because it's like, um... (laughs) I'm in my house. There there are people who, like, like I said earlier in the podcast, sitting on your couch eating ice cream does not mean that you won't get shot. I, I one of the worst, uh, and I know she wasn't um, hurt or hurt physically mm-hmm. or or anything like that. But it was still one of the worst videos I've ever seen. There were um, I think six or seven big male officers that charged in on this black woman. I believe she was a social worker. She had gotten home. She was in the middle of changing from. Um, from her work clothes and she was completely nude and they busted into her apartment and proceeded to go through because they, they got the address wrong for a drug raid that they were supposed to be doing they busted in her apartment and proceeded to laugh at her and wouldn't let her put on any clothes that is disgusting. It's it's beyond disgusting. Inhumane. And you think and you wonder where these people get this idea to go laugh at people like that? Yeah. Go look back in history just a f- couple hundred years ago, not that far into the past. Yeah. When they took Africans from Africa yeah. who were living their lives, minding their business. Yep. White Europeans took Africans to the Americas, slave trade, here we go. So now they're on auction blocks, standing there naked. And then you have people in the crowd saying, "Mm," evaluating how much value they'll get out of this piece of property. Yeah. 
evaluating them like cattle. And so not only that, even after the slave trade was supposed mm-hmm. to be over, they would still kidnap Africans and put them in cages yep. and put them in zoos. Yeah, they're even off the coast of the East Coast, so like Georgia, South Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, so there is, is it called a Gula or Gullah? I don't remember how to oh, pronounce it. Oh, Gullah Island? Yeah, the Gullah Island. Yeah, uh, those supposedly, slavery was not supposed to be going on, no more slave trade, but they were absolutely bringing slaves over there. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have like a, such a strong... Mm-hmm. Um, so there, yeah, that's, there's a that's whole lot of history in this country that, again, we say whitewash. That it, 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 it's like they're trying to erase the little bit of history that they were given out, even in our state of Florida. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, I don't know if any of you all have paid attention to what has happened, but there were, um, I think 50% of books were or math and science books were um, uh, rejected because they claim, oh, it had CRT and it had unapproved language in it. But when you see the examples, one of the math books for middle schoolers, it had highlights of different mathematicians and scientists and a little bio about their life. For a few of the mathematicians, obviously, because this country took so long to allow black people to to pursue their education, many of those mathematicians and science people, as part of their bio, it talks about their struggle in order to get their education or to let their accomplishment be known. Mm -hmm. And what happens? The state of Florida decides that that's CRT. And do you see what is happening? Our history is being erased because it makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. Literally, like that quote said that we read earlier, because people identify so much, whatever CRT is, they don't even know what it is. To be honest, they really don't know what CRT is. So if I share a piece of my black history with you and say, like, I... I had a hard time, like I was bullied in school because of the color of my skin, that I've, I've had white peers call me the N-word to my face in the middle of class. Yeah. If I go to you and say that and you say, mm, that's CRT, mm-hmm. that makes you uncomfortable so I can't talk about it. What you about are what makes me uncomfortable? Literally, these are literally my life experiences. Like I was literally bullied in school for the color of my skin. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that does to a child psychologically? And for me to... Like, it took me a while to be proud of my blackness. Mm. Then to go to a diverse school, I put that in quotes, to be in honors classes as one of the only black people in those classes in high school, then to have peers come to me and tell me, call me the N-word right to my face in the middle of class. Mm. How am I supposed to respond to that? Because if I go to someone in leadership, they're not black. <laughs> and Number if you one, punch them in their face, then you're being violent. No, literally, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a fighter. I literally was like, what in the world? Then to have someone tell me and my friends to go back to our country, like wherever we came from, like, bro, I was born in Florida. Where am I supposed to go back to? Yeah. And, and so this is all learned behavior. Literally You have learned to look behavior. at the parents. And then so, unfortunately... There's a lot being discussed in the home and people pretend like they don't have those feelings when they're out in the open. How do you think Mr. So-and-so, 18 years old, my generation, mm-hmm. three years younger than me, mm-hmm. wrote on his, I don't know what. Discord. Was it, or was it Twitch? 
No, it's his Discord. They oh, said. anyways, they whatever he did. I but on his gun, he wrote down the N word because he went in there with a purpose in his manifesto. Yeah, he wrote out everything. He why he did? And he did. His he manifesto. learned all of this. Learn behavior at home, number one. Yeah. And then number two, in the like online. Yeah. In the news, people yeah. who are blatantly and they know they're doing it, yeah. saying these wrong things about people like us that are promoting don't care. replacement theory because somehow they feel threatened that America's yeah. becoming more brown and black. And like, that, dude, that's crazy. what do you think? Replacement <laughs> theory is actually way the the real deadly threat and, and domestic um the fuel for domestic terrorism that we've been getting warned about for all of these years. Mm-hmm. But all these bands are what CRT because it makes you uncomfortable. See, I feel like those are a front to just distract this from what's really going on. Because how ooh, child. Like even back to this Reddit that you just read. Mm-hmm. Because after that shooting happened, I was like, God, let me sit back and see who's gonna talk about this on Sunday. Oof. Because it's not like no one look, we don't live in the eighteen hundreds where we got our news on a horse and it yeah. took weeks for it to come. Everybody no, knew. this stuff is happening like right before our eyes. He live streamed it. So like you have you have no excuse. And it's disgusting because that's living someone's grandmother being gunned down while trying to get groceries to make Sunday dinner for the next day. Yeah, that is being live streamed. That that's still being streamed somewhere on the internet. Someone is watching it somewhere. And then they couldn't get yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And then people christians have the audacity to stay silent like does not does that not make you mad that someone went in and intentionally harmed someone else but i bet you if that was their mother their brother their sister their cousin they'll be up in arms about it but even when it does happen they're really not i mean look at the church when when um not when when the person walked into uh a church in in north carolina and prayed with them during the Bible study and still picked up the gun to shoot them. That I, I thought we would hear an outpouring of Christians, mm-hmm. but they just closed their eyes to it and went back to the same rhetoric because it seems like the rhetoric and being able to say these evil things are more important to them than actually standing toe and toe with their christian brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. and so it's i really think that we we probably need more parts to just dissect all of this um but i i really want to say it doesn't it doesn't take much to feel empathy for other people and you have to ask yourself Literally any time something happens to someone in another community, everyone is asked, oh, the world should should care. And and I'm going to bring up uh, the war in Ukraine. They were bombing, you know, maternity hospitals and so mm-hmm. much awful things. And everyone was just like, don't you care? You have to care. Everyone should care. Let's all care. And I'm, I, I, unfortunately, I, I have to admit this to you mm-hmm. guys. 
for a split second, I thought, there have been so many wars in Africa. There have been so many awful things happen. In the and Middle East, in we the can't Middle forget East, about the Middle East. Yes. There, it, there, there, look, look at all that time in Venezuela when there was no baby formula, there were no provisions, mm-hmm. and people literally dying of hunger. Look at in China, people literally dying of hunger because their government has blockaded them in their um in their apartment building mm-hmm. and won't let them out to get food won't bring them any type of resources people just and, and so it's I, I i say all of that to say the empathy that you want from people when things happen to you is empathy you have to share with others literally as even as brothers and sisters in christ like i'm not even talking about people who don't know who Jesus is. Like, I hope people do come to know who Jesus is. But for people who know him and profess Christianity mm-hmm. and profess that they are Christians, Where's which means love? like Christ, this is what rubbed me wrong about that post that you had read. It's because I know this person was coming from a sincere space, mm-hmm. a sincere place in their heart. I respect that. But what I've seen and what I feel is it's just a theological band-aid being mm-hmm. slapped on something that needs intense surgery. Like, yeah. I will keep saying that because yeah. you cannot separate racism from sin. Racism is sin. Is sin. Mm-hmm. So if you cannot address, if you're, why, why, why are people so loud about LGBTQ+, all of that? But if I tell you, hey... I am literally scared to like live in America. Like I'm more likely to be persecuted in America mm-hmm. for the color of my skin than my actual faith. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't that like be like, whoa, sis? Like, let me talk to you. What's going wrong. on? Yeah. Like, how are you so vocal about saving the unborn, but when they're alive and they're black and brown like us, you could care You less. don't. You don't <laughs> know what to do. You murder them in the streets. You murder them in the streets and say, mm, well, they should just comply. Well, they should just, you know, listen to the cops. You need to respect. You just need yeah. to be home. Don't wear a hoodie on your head. Uh, well, they're don't black. Sleep don't public. sleep in public. Don't go for Skittles. Don't. Don't hang out with your friends at night. Like, don't yeah. come home super late. Don't play loud music in a car. Or in your, in your in the comfort of your own home. Right. Like, at, at, at some point, you have to realize there is no do and don't list that can get you out of a bad interaction with someone who feels superior because of their race. They literally do not care, even if you record them, mm-hmm. because they do not see why there would be consequences for getting rid of someone who they just believe have to have done something anyway. Look at the, the female lacrosse team from Dillard University oh and how they were stopped and had all of their items searched because... It was too many black people on a bus. They must be trafficking or doing something illegal. A female lacrosse team on a chartered bus. And so people will gloss over that. Oh, well, nobody was shot. Nobody was hurt. Why is it the criteria for you to care? Mm 
Literally, do you know the psychological damage that so does to someone? I will be driving on the road. This is one of the last things I'll say. But I'll be driving on the road. It literally happened to me last week. I'm driving this week. <laughs> yeah. I'm driving and there's a cop car behind me. My immediate thought was, should I start recording? Mind mm. you, I'm not doing anything wrong. But if that's yeah. the first thought in my mind, should I start recording just in case something pops off? Yeah. That then something's wrong with the literally, system. Literally, something is wrong. I should not, we should not live in a country like this, afraid because of the color of our skin. Like, I know God has not given us a spirit of fear. I get that. Like, I have no fear. Like, I, I'm not being persecuted for my faith. Like, the, right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. I'm being persecuted. Both of us, people like us, are being persecuted because we happen to just have melanin, a little more melanin mm-hmm. in our skin than you. Yeah. So the the last point, and it ties into what you said. Yeah. You just said, Taylor. I'll give. I'll leave you all with this story of the one of the last survivors of the Tulsa, Oklahoma race riot. Mm-hmm. Right or it shouldn't even say call it a race riot. It was a massacre because only one side was truly fighting. Yeah. This woman was maybe four years old when it happened, and she could describe all of the furnishings that were in her home. Her mother, both her mother and her father, had professions. They were well to do, and they had all types of things that were beautiful, whether the mother made it or they were able to purchase it. And she said, when, the, when these people came into her home, they destroyed everything or took the valuable things. And the only thing that they left them with was a record. Well, the only record that they left them with, and they left them the record player, it was the old rugged cross mm-hmm. saying, and she took that to say that they wanted to send a message that you can't have any of these other things. The only thing we will leave you with is the old rugged cross. So that me, that to me stands out that a lot of these people might have even been Christians. 1,000%. But in their minds... They felt like the black people didn't deserve or shouldn't have any nice things. The only thing that they should have freely is their religion, and that's it. If that is the way that you think as a Christian, well, at least they have God. You hear these people go up and they say, you know, the Lord would want me to forgive. And you feel like, oh, well, we don't have to keep any charges because... They say forgive, and the Lord would say forgive, and that's being a true Christian at heart. No, you're, you're evil in your thinking. Yes, they are forgiving because God is asking them to forgive, but for you to decide that the person who did this doesn't need any consequences... 1,000%? It's crazy to me. You are unknowingly leading into that same bias and mm-hmm. and that's the story that i wanted to end you all with for sure and like one last thing i know i said last thing was my last thing but <laughs> not to joke okay even in scripture we see like jesus when he 
did his ministry. He met people where they were at with their their felt needs. Like they were sick, he healed them. Their arm was hurting. I got you, boo. <laughs> like he's paralyzed. You're gonna get up and walk. Mm-hmm. But after that, he said, "Go and sin no more." He didn't tell them at first, "You're a sinner. Let me save you." No, he created this space by meeting them where they're at, and then after he healed them in that way, he addressed the more important part, which is their soul. Yes. And if we as Christians cannot do that, we are living out this Christian life the very wrong way. That is the last thing I'll say. (laughs) Yes. So with that, everybody, I'm sure there are going to be a lot of interesting comments. We love to hear them. Please message us at hello.kttakes at gmail.com or we have Twitter. It's at kt underscore takes and you can yeah subscribe to our podcast that would really help our podcast grow yes we are on apple podcast now everybody (laughs) and amazon amazon and then obviously spotify and anchor we really appreciate your support and we hope that you really listen to this episode and and be honest with where you're at yeah and we definitely want to keep this on maybe with a part two we'll see we'll look and find some interesting guests to come and maybe even give us another point of view absolutely well that's it guys thanks for coming bye bye